You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly and up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Socks in the Basement. 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans, a couple of friends sitting down here at a bar having a beer in my basement and, and talking about a team that I think is going to be in first place sooner rather than later. Every time I see somebody talking about these wondrous twins, I laugh, Ed, because I think that their their happiness is going to be over soon, especially with Yoan Moncada up. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the Twins are still a very flawed team. Don't make any mistake about it. They're a team that was in transition. They're off to a good start. You know, at the same time, this is also the time of year where the White Sox are starting to get healthy. Frankly, they they are starting to come together in a way that we would more or less expect them to. And I think Yohan Moncada being back will be a huge, huge part of that because stabilizing defense at third base we have the opportunity hopefully he will come in and start hitting the way we expect him to hit and he will be an offensive upgrade over Jake Berger who got sent down and also you know just more balance to the lineup because this is another this is a switch hitter this is another guy that brings it to both sides of the plate so you may not see nearly as much chicanery with Tony trying to you know play guys on that side of the on that side of the plate against this type of a pitcher because he's got another guy that he can just plug in yeah, he, he's got a guy who should play every single day, and that's what you want to see. We might talk a little bit about that. Tony's lineups, the good, the bad, with Herb Lawrence, who's going to be on this show in just a little bit, a Chicago radio veteran with a brand new venture that he is a part of. We will get into that. Do not forget that Socks in the Basement is brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, named one of the South Town's best in 2021 by the Daily South Town. I expect that this year, next year, and for many years to come, because every time we're out someplace... It never fails. There's always somebody who walks up and says, I used Family Waterproofing Solutions because I heard about them on Socks in the Basement, and you're right, it was awesome. And I don't do the work on the bowing walls, the window wells, the foundation and crack repair, keeping the water away from your basement, the gutter cleaning, the exterior wall sealing. All of that is done by a family and veteran-owned and operated business that's been around since 2013. Call them 24-7-708-330-4466. Mention Socks in the Basement, get money off. See what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. And our friend Jake Berger, recent guest on Socks in the Basement, nice guy. He's the guy that goes down for Moncada. Uh, They did not have to send anybody down for Joe Kelly, who's also up now because Aaron Bummer to the I.L., and I know that Aaron Bummer was shaky. People celebrating that need to get their head examined. Aaron Bummer is going to be a big part of this team. I don't know if he's a guy who's going to be out there in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning regularly the way that he's gone early on in the year. But he's still a quality left-handed pitcher that can be used in a variety of different ways coming out of the bullpen. And we want to be as full strength as we possibly can. As for Jake Berger, Ed, I wasn't 100% sold that he should be the guy that should be sent down. Like, I knew I wanted to keep Danny Mendick because he is the best option to stand at shortstop when Tim Anderson is not there. And I would rather see him at short than Larry Garcia. I think he is a very, like, solid defensive player. In fact, defensively, I I looked at the metrics before. I don't need to dive into them. Really, the only difference between Mendick and Garcia, not only at the plate for their careers, 
but defensively is that one of them is making a bunch of money and the other guy still got options. Uh, but I, I wanted to keep Danny up here because he's versatile. I thought maybe Sheets would go down because he's been so bad and you could stick Berger at first and still back up third base with Jake Berger when Moncada needed a day off. But they went with Jake Berger. What did you think? On one hand, I do think I understand a little bit about Jake Berger going down, playing every single day, because I think he represents still, honestly, if you're Rick Hahn, he represents your best trade chip going into the middle of the season. And you want him showcasing at Charlotte. You don't necessarily want him playing every few days in the majors, I think. you know, And I could be wrong about that. I do also think that there's a question about, with Sheets, whether or not they find they're, they're, they're working something, okay? Because his, his numbers are odd compared to last year and compared to what we would expect from him. But I, it, it seems like they're trying to force him to do something that's a little out of character in order to get him better opportunities down the road. And, I, and I, I'm not sure that it's working the way they want it to. So I, I agree with you, though, though, that Danny Mendick should have stayed up with the team. I think Berger going down is really just an opportunity for him to work defensively, to build up value. Uh, maybe they will work him in at first base down there. Maybe they'll work him in at some of the other positions down there to increase his value. And I do think that Gavin Sheets is on a short leash at this point if you know if there were to become a point where say Berger was tearing it up down there and they needed some offense that he would be back as far as Aaron Bummer going on the IL I think the knee injury kind of comports with what I've seen from Aaron Bummer which is that his release points and where his pitches are ending up are off compared to years past he's leaving stuff up and as a pitcher if you're trying to push and generate you know, your lower body and trying to get your stride down and everything and you're landing funny or you're pushing off funny, that type of thing can impact your location more so, especially for a guy that slings it the way he does, more so than a release point or something like that because that's what controls your body is those legs. So if he's got a knee issue and that's what's been bothering him the entire time, it's a little like Lance Lynn last year when he had that issue and started to lose a little bit of control. He's throwing those fastballs, but all of a sudden he was getting hit kind of in August towards the end of the season. And it was his knee. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't in as good a command as possible. You know, uh, another reason why I thought maybe Sheets could go down is because he should get regular at-bats down in AAA because there's a few guys that are struggling on this team, Ed. And I'm concerned that I see the White Sox trying their hardest with let's say Gavin Sheets or other players to get them going. But a guy who's also been frustrating, AJ Pollock, it's like, all right, he has a bad day, sit him down. Then he's back up. Then he sat down. Then he's back up. Then he sat down. This is a guy that over his career has shown he's a good hitter and it doesn't matter what side of the plate he stands on. I, I feel like Tony prefers Sheets because of what side of the plate he stands on when he goes up to bat, when in reality, AJ Pollock can do it, whether it's a lefty or righty, throwing him the baseball, and he has a long, long line of seasons that show that. There is a consistency there. You went and you traded Craig Kimbrell for him. Why Why not get him going? I know not everybody likes him, though. Hey, uh, AJ Pollock, this is uh, Reinserp calling. Uh, can you please get your together and stop leaving men on base? You suck, dude. What happened with all the yeah, we're going to like this guy, he can hit. Yeah, he had two good weeks, and then he got injured, pulled a hammy or whatever, and had the birth of his uh, of his child. Congratulations, AJ Pollock. But my God, man, come on. Well, why's that? 
George, Lake of the Hills. <laughs> All right, so uh, you can leave us a message anytime. Uh, there's a, a phone line, 708-459-8406. You can leave an audio message also at SocksInTheBasement.com or write us a message there as well. Uh, you know, Look, I think whenever you get a new player on this team, uh, fans have a short leash with them. And another thing is, you're right, he did just recently have a kid. A lot of players had these dips in their stats around that time. I think anybody who's been a first-time father remembers what it's like when you're not getting any sleep, remembers that it's not always perfect in the household. And if you think I'm crazy about this, I've got a great friend that does a podcast out in Pittsburgh called Bucks in the Basement that I have helped him out with. And over the years, Brian Reynolds, who, if you're a baseball fan, you know, young, talented, maybe the best player on a really bad team in Pittsburgh. In 2020, when the pregnancy was towards the end and right after the baby was born, he had awful stats and they talked about it on that show. And his wife is right around that same time again, and he's off to a terrible start. You don't get a a perfect household sometimes when it's towards the end of the pregnancy. I have three kids. I can attest to that. So maybe that's a factor too. All I know is that AJ Pollock should be given an opportunity because he's got such a track record, even though if you're a White Sox fan that only watches the White Sox, you don't know that. But trust me, this guy have given an opportunity. There's a great chance he's going to be a major contributor as the season goes on. Well, yeah, of course he is, and 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 it's it's true. I, you know, the, the injury probably screws him up, okay? Because that you think about a, a shortened spring training for a guy who's in his thirties takes the body a little bit longer to get going, and here he is. You know, he, he did. He got off to a nice start in Detroit, and then pulls the hammy, goes on paternity leave, and now, now he's he's coming back, and he's basically trying to be a guy that is in midseason form who didn't really even have much of a spring training and then took a bunch of time off. Now, the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that for his career, he runs hot and cold a little bit. So in April and March, he's a 270 hitter with a 262 OPS. In May, he usually cooks 302, 848. He usually hits a little June swoon, gets down to 239, 671, picks it up in July, dips a little bit in August, and then finishes the year strong. So you can fully expect this guy, and there's plenty of track record on him, to have some streaks. It turns out A.J. Pollock might be a little bit of a streaky hitter. Oh, no, because that scares me, because Tony Tony just benches guys when they start doing that, and then he goes with guys because they're streaky, and it's like, oh, no. Like, somebody needs to sit down and explain to Tony La Russa that this is, this is a guy you kind of have to sit in there, because he'll go on a bad streak, and you'll never let him get good again, and then that would be a disaster. But keep in mind, when I say he dips a little bit, he goes from, like, you know, 270 to 302 to 267 to 309 to 280, you know. It, oh, it, so still, are, still a starting outfielder that should be in your lineup all the time. That's what you're saying? Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, but, but he might he might have a, he does start a little slower than his career averages might suggest. So no, there you go. White Sox fans can't handle that. They need, an, they need no. immediate results. <laughs> I feel like there is too many people that watch this team like it's a 60-game schedule in 2020 or they're watching a football season. That's what I think it is. I, I really do think that there are some White Sox fans who watch this the way they watch the Bears, where literally a guy cannot have like one or two bad games before he's a bum and needs to be replaced by Nick Foles. <laughs> Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. 
And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. On the phone line with me right now, first time guest, but I'm a long time listener because I heard him for years a guy behind the board who jumped out in front of the board. And the one thing you know about Herb Lawrence is that he is a huge White Sox fan. He is now the co-host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Herb, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm doing well today. I mean, the White Sox are on a six-game winning streak. What, what could be better? And the beautiful weather has finally sprung. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, I got two things for you right off the bat here before we jump into the Sox. A, a thank you and an apology. First off, the thank you. I want to say it may have been a year or so ago. I'm in the car. My phone just starts blowing up because you are still on the score at that point. And I guess uh, Lawrence asked you something about uh, Sox podcast. And we have never met. And this is the first time that we have ever talked. And so right now, as you folks are listening to it, and Herb told him about socks in the basement on the air because my friends just started going, you know, Herb Lawrence, because he's talking about your show. So that's the thank you. And then the apology is not having you on until now after you did that for us. No need to apologize. I mean, I know as a person who does podcast, very busy. It's hard to get everybody on at times. And no, pre- I appreciate your podcast. I, I listened to it. I remember one day I was at a uh, DMV and I was like, you know what? Let's check out something different. Than- it was a couple of years ago. And I uh, stumbled onto yours. I was like, man, this this is crisp. This is great content, and it sounds great. Like, I don't think people understand how much the sound of your podcast matters, and you guys do a great job there. I really appreciate you having me on. No, I appreciate uh, you jumping on, and you've got this new project now, uh, CHGO. Uh, I've I've learned a little bit about it. I, it sounds like this is an expansion. It was a, a Denver company, got in the sports and they must have looked at the Chicago market and said, the Chicago market's got great sports fans. And then they go and they start tapping on the shoulders of some folks that have been in radio for a long time and maybe didn't get as much of a shot as they probably could have gotten. Okay. I mean, you've been around for a while, a lot of time behind the board, but you got a lot of good things to say. So how did that all come about and, and how did it start for you? Uh, Brandon Spano was the main guy who was out in DNVR. He started that company under his own name, Brandon Spano. Then he changed the DNVR to be like a hyper-local sports coverage. We're not like replacing. You're just trying to add like an additive to what's already there. So they had altitude sports and all those rest of the things. So he was he did one in Phoenix, and then he's like, okay, let's capture a big market. And when he asked me that, I was like, it was too good to be true. So I was kind of thinking about it in my head. I was like. Why is he asking me, you know, you go through that imposter syndrome and eventually I got through that and I was like, okay, yeah, that's one of my dreams to talk about the White Sox 
for a daily basis for my uh, salary. I, as a White Sox fan, I want some information every day about my team. Our podcast is available for that. If you want more better and like more focused and things that are more, uh, you know, like put together, I would look to yours because ours is daily just reacting to the ball game. You guys are like more detailed and I love to listen to what you guys have to say every time I get a chance to just listen to your latest episode. And it's quick, easy, and it's fun. That's awesome. All right. So now let's get into the sacks because uh, you actually retweeted the sacks in the basement account this weekend when I put out that you can criticize Tony LaRussa a lot for a couple of weeks ago, but you have to give him credit, especially on Sunday finishing off that sweep of Boston, getting that sixth win in a row, getting them a game over 500, which is something that felt like it was a long way away about a week or so ago. And he did it with basically his bench and barely any players, it seemed like, available out of the bullpen. He has made some mistakes, but he's not completely incompetent, is he? Correct. And uh, yeah, I love that. Like, we criticize him, and every, I don't, most White Sox fans criticize him for the moves that he didn't make or made during the eight-game losing streak. I think it's only fair to give him credit. Maybe you don't think like me, who thinks that managers are like almost negligible when it comes to wins and losses. I think I said earlier like he was actively losing those games. Now, with the switch of Tycho to the Sunday game, moving Cease up to the Saturday game, that's good strategy. Go and get a game that maybe Pavetta is the worst of the Boston pitchers, in which he didn't pace like that, and get that game because you have your ace going with Dylan Cease at that time. They got all three of them, and they done this whole win streak with four runs or less in each of the games, which is just amazing. And that tells you how good the starting pitching is. And like you just said, the bullpen for the White Sox. Oh, my goodness. On Sunday, I was thinking to myself, how are we going to get through this? I didn't know Graven was not available, and we all knew that Liam Hendricks was not available. He did that with guts and guile, and Matt Foster is turning into a thing. So, yeah, you've got to give credit to Tony La Russa, especially if you're one of those people who criticize him often, like I do. Herb Lawrence and every guest on Socks in the Basement is brought to you proudly by the Village of Lamont. Shop, drink, explore, dine, Check out an experience in a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks and green spaces filled with adventure. It is all in Lamont, recently voted one of the best places in the entire area, the northern part of Illinois, into Wisconsin and Indiana and southern Michigan, one of the best locations for a day trip. Throw the kids in the back of the car, just go yourself. Check out the breweries and the wine bars. Explore Lamont. Visit LamontDowntown.com. Let's talk about the offense. I think we as uh, White Sox fans, uh, and I'm talking we as in, in general, the White Sox fan base, will be hard on new additions to this team. A.J. Pollock over his career has been a guy that's been very good. There's an awful lot of I hate A.J. Pollock right now. If you go on any social media service and read what White Sox fans have to say, we get comments underneath our show. We get calls that come in about it. Uh, but I still believe that as a veteran, you can't just throw the guy on the bench. I mean, Josh Harrison, another guy, he's had some bad luck early on. But I, I, I don't know. Do you think Tony is getting a little bit too... Uh, get everybody into the game. Maybe he should kind of stick with some of these guys and, and let them get going. Yeah, I'm always a guy that says, hey, you have a starting nine, 
pretty much play them every day unless you're getting a, a blow, a give them a rest. So, yeah, A.J. Pollock profiles as a guy that gets on base, that does rail versus right-handers, so he doesn't have that platoon thing that you naturally would go with a right-hander there. Um, I think that he should be playing right field. I know that the Aloys also, they like to play more in the natural left field, but if he's going to be there for the remainder of the season when Aloy comes back, Get him acclimated to right field in the American League, which he hasn't been in his whole career. Get him acclimated, get him ready for what he's going to be doing, and have him in the ballpark or in the lineup every game so he has the confidence to know that if I go over four today, I'll be out of the lineup because Lurie Garcia's got to play. No, we traded a big-time piece in Craig Kimbrell for you. You should be playing 145 games this year. He's a veteran. He should be playing most of these games same thing with Josh Harrison. If you want to put Lurie Garcia in and he's done well and he had a great series in Boston, cool, find spots to put him in. But for him to be playing four out of the six games you play in a week, that's a little tough. That's a little tough for me. I want A.J. Pollock and Josh Harrison, the free agents and trade acquisitions that you got to complete this team, to be playing more. And I know that Rick doesn't you know, control the lineups but there has to be a word be said to Tony to get these guys in more because Gavin Sheets is not the answer. Neither is Lori Garcia. Play the veterans who have the back of the baseball card that you know are going to be eventually fine, which the White Sox offense is struggling. And I think half of it is because of the inconsistency with the lineup. You know, Dallas Keuchel kind of threw a wrench into what a lot of us thought was hmm. the end of his time here with the White Sox by pitching well on Sunday. Then again, the wind was blowing straight in like gale force at times. It was ridiculous. <laughs> the, and, and then also he goes up against the Boston Red Sox team. that looks like they forgot to hit. Basically, Johnny Cueto, though, needs to be added soon. What do you think this team does? Do they do they give Dallas a few more weeks and see what's real and what isn't real? Is he DFA'd? Is Vince Velasquez going to be a swingman for a while? What do you think is going to happen? I think Dallas Keuchel's here to stay. It's going to be a really tough pill to swallow given the remaining money on the $18 million he's owed this year. I mean, Jerry Reinsworth already has done that last year with Adam Eaton, a couple years ago with Jeff Kavinger. It's going to be really tough for him to say, oh, this much money for this guy not to pitch versus uh, pitch for us, and then maybe somebody picks him up for the minimum and pitches against us? No, sir. He'll be on the team. I don't know his role if he's not a starter. I don't know what you do with Johnny Cueto. They signed him to a minor league deal, so... No harm, no foul if he just, by May 15th, they say, hey, man, we don't have a spot for you, and he goes some other team. I'm fine with that because I think the White Sox have enough, especially at the fifth starter, to go for the for, go for from here with Vince Velasquez slash Dallas Keiko. I would love for him to be DFA because he has no service to the White Sox in a championship year. But I know Jared Reinsdorf is going to be very hard to let that go, even though he saw his, his, his uh, nemesis, Steve Cohen, do that with Robinson Cano. <laughs> his nemesis. I love that. I imagine them both in like a cave, like keeping an eye on each other through a, a secret telescope of some sorts. Herb Lawrence is one of the hosts of CHGO White Sox. That is a podcast that comes out daily, uh, doing some recaps and, and just checking in day to day on the ins and outs of what's going on with the White Sox. Thanks so much for jumping on. It was really nice talking to you. And when we talk again, maybe we'll do it down here at the nine foot homemade Oak Park. Hey, man, I can go to Cork and Care at the park. I know they sponsor you guys. I'm a, I love that place. So, yeah, next time I see you, I got you. I got your first or second one. Oh, that's awesome. Then I'll get your third one and the fourth one. All right.
Ed, we've added yet another sponsor to Socks in the Basement. Another big one. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. The official brewery now of Socks in the Basement is Hailstorm Brewing Company out of Tinley Park. If you've never been to this place, we've been there. We were there recently, just a couple of weeks ago. 8060 186th Street out in Tinley. It is a really, really cool brewery with incredible beers. Like sometimes you walk into a brewery, they got like four or five things they make themselves. Uh, This one here, they've got like multiple menus. They've got really good gourmet food that's inside of the place. And they've got benches. It's like that. It's like a German beer garden, but it's inside along with the bar that they have there. And it, it feels like a brewery to me because I can see the brewery equipment around the place while I'm sitting in there. And it's kind of set up. I've spoken with the owners over there before. They did an interview maybe a month or two ago on Southside Pod, one of the other podcasts on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, where they talked about they would rather have live music and benches and those big tables for people to sit down and meet new people and to kind of interact with people around you instead of looking at your phone or staring at a TV screen. It's an awesome place to go. They have a brand new brewer in there, Will Turner, a well-known brewer who has hit many breweries around the Chicagoland area, and they've got some great beers that are out on tap right now. Look out for Strawberry Summer. There is also a Primo Mexican Lager that is coming out, and their big, beautiful wheat. Once again, check them out in Tinley Park. Tell them Socks in the Basement sent you. Hailstorm Brewing Company, the official brewer of Socks in the Basement. We have a brewery now. That's exciting. I'm always excited to have a brewery, but especially Hailstorm. We, We sat there that night... And we just started going through the menu. And, and first of all, I guarantee you, you can't get through the whole thing. <laughs> You'll die. No, no, no. Do not, do not attempt to do their entire beer menu in one yeah, evening. Please. Yeah, they've got they've got some good stuff that's like, you know, regular ABV. And then they've got some really heavy beers in there. OK, that are not for the faint of heart. But everything's good when I sit down in there. And, you know, we just went the two of us to go hang out. And, you know, I said hi and stuff like that. And a couple weeks later, they reach out and they're like, hey, we would love to be part of Socks in the Basement. Do you have room? And I'm like, I will make room to have a brewery. So that's exciting. Where will the White Sox make room for Johnny Cueto? Do they make room for Johnny Cueto? Herb Lawrence just heard him. Doesn't think the White Sox will. They need to make sure that Cueto's around. I mean, you don't bring the guy in and, and get this guy ready to go for the season only to turn around and let him walk or, you know, not have the use of this veteran pitcher that you would you would potentially need figure something out i mean at, at the worst case scenario dallas keichel is under contract and he does whatever tony tells him to do and so if they decide that they're not going to start him anymore and they're going to try him as a long guy out of the bullpen uh fine you know what he's got to go out and do that and, and if he starts complaining in the media or something like that too bad if they want to use vince velasquez as a, as a swing guy and, and they want to keep Keuchel in as a starter and they're just going to give him a short leash and use Velasquez to back him up or use Ronaldo Lopez to back him up, fine. If they want to bring up Cueto and they want to go six-man rotation because they're trying to limit the innings on both Keuchel and Michael Kopech, that's also fine. There's a lot of different ways you can play it, though. I couldn't figure out why they, they kind of changed around Dallas Keuchel in that series against Boston. I think what they've done kind of suggests to me they're not sure what they're going to do yet. They're still trying to formulate a plan as to what they're going to do with the the pitching rotation and whether or not they're going to bring Cueto up and what they're going to do with Dallas Keuchel and Velasquez. But another interesting thing is they may have noticed something that the New York Mets have noticed. An interesting article came out over the weekend by uh, Dane Perry, who's on CBS Sports, and Mets hitting coach Eric Chavez is interviewed. And he floats the theory 
that Major League Baseball is switching out the baseballs for national broadcast and going to the non-deadened, non-humidored ball so you will see more offense in the big games of the week that are put on national television. The Apple games, the NBC games, the, uh, the Sunday night baseball games, those games, he is convinced that the baseballs are different. Now, that's interesting because if that is something that's moving around in major league circles, it would then make even more sense to take a guy who thrives on ground balls in Dallas Keuchel because the last start I saw Dylan Cease in person was about a week ago, and there were a lot of balls hitting to the outfield. He's a, he's a fly ball out pitcher more than he is a ground ball inducing pitcher. At least that's what he was doing a week ago when I watched him with the naked eye. I'm sure you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, Ed, but Dallas Keuchel is a ground ball guy. That's his thing. And then to say, okay, well, if they're going to have a livelier ball, we want a guy that's going to keep it on the ground. Did the White Sox know about this, or is this something that's moving around all major league circles and Chavez is the first one to publicly say it? That's interesting to me. Well, and that would explain a lot, right? And and Dallas Keuchel does, I think, benefit as a ground ball pitcher from having a non-deadened baseball. He does not give up a lot of fly balls, and, and that's been his history. But he also... You know, in in the situation where you have that sort of deadened baseball and that overly humidored baseball, it changes a little bit about how well the fielders field behind him too, right? Because if the ball comes off the bat a certain way, and you're sort of used to it coming off the bat a certain way as an infielder, you actually kind of like it to get to you a little bit quicker, right? You you like that the crispness of the play as opposed to having to charge in on stuff. And what did we see against the Guardians when he had that implosion where he was blaming all the defense? Anderson charging, trying to get the ball out of his glove and whip it, right? And guys coming in and charging the ball and trying to get it over to first base, and that is causing throwing errors, they're fumbling the ball, they're not making the transfer. But when you see him against Boston, you see, you know, just a lot more of a standard infield play. So that is a possibility. I think that the White Sox looked at that and went, aha, you know what? If that's going to be the case, let's not put one of our other pitchers up there because... It's not just Cease. It's Giolito is a fly ball pitcher as well. And Michael Kopech is a fly ball pitcher as well. Well, if that's the case, then, holy cow, Ed, I think I just found another smart thing that Tony did this week. <laughs> it's like the weather's getting warmer, the team is starting to win, better decisions are being made, players are coming back healthy. I mean, my sinuses are acting up today, but otherwise, everything's great. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.